Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. And we always ask you, of course, to download the app if you like the station. Download the app. You'll have access to all of our station's content, not just the front line with Joe and Joe. And we'd ask you to share that content with your friends. And if you like what Joe and I do, please uh, follow us at the front line, which primarily right now, front line with Joe and Joe on YouTube, the front line with Joe and Joe on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share, and do all that fun stuff. And, uh, and today... We're taking a different tack. Usually, we we have on um, we have on uh, an author or or somebody who has written a book on this subject or that subject. Today, we're just going to be talking about a topic, and we're going to be we we brought on somebody that that knows a lot about this topic. So, the topic itself is remembering the Newtown shooting. And for our Connecticut part of our audience, obviously, this is something very personal for you all. Um, and we're very uh, pleased and honored to be welcoming Jennifer Hubbard to the show. And many of you out there know who J Jenny is. Having said that, I just want to give a quick bio. Uh, Jennifer Hubbard is the president and executive director of the Catherine Violet Hubbard Animal Sanctuary, which she founded in memory of her daughter, who died in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. Uh, Hubbard is a national Catholic speaker and retreat leader and is frequently featured at Legatus gatherings. She's also an award-winning writer at Magnificat with Magnificat. Uh, she's been a guest on a variety of national television shows, including Today, CBS News, ABC News. She's been featured on Catholic News Agency and is a monthly guest on Spirit Morning Radio in Omaha, Nebraska. Hubbard earned a bachelor's degree from Randolph-Macon Women's College. She's a member of the Board of Trustees at Fraser Woods Montessori School, and she lives with her son in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. Jenny Hubbard, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. It's our pleasure. Joe Resinello. Uh, Jenny, we always start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly into you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency. Hear and answer us, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, Jenny, I'm going to warn you, I'm a crybaby. I, so I don't know how to even approach this subject, I swear. I, I, I mean, when Steve uh, introduced us to you, you know, I have five kids. I dropped my kids off at school. Um, I don't know how you do what you do. Um, so I guess that's the first question. How do you do it? <laughs> how do you do it? I mean, I'll be honest, if it was me, I everyone handles things differently. I think I would turn everything off. Um, mm. That's how I would probably approach it. Um, I remember when this event happened, I was overseas uh, yeah. and somebody had a, a 
believe it or not. It was like a Blackberry. I'm dating myself, but right. And they said, you know, and they were like, this happened in Connecticut. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. Um, but I don't know how you do it. So how do you do it? One, by the grace of God. Absolutely by the grace of God. And two, I'm surrounded by incredible people. And I have come to realize that God made people, he put people in our path um, to come alongside us, to lift us up, to remind us that we're not alone, to be his voice, to be his face, to be his hands, to be his feet. And I have been um, just gathered in by God and by the people that he's, that he's appointed to gather me in. Um, otherwise I would probably have curled up in a ball. I can tell you the reason that the, the only reason, um, that I got out of bed after December 14th is, um, I had an eight-year-old that was looking at me, um, and I had a job to do when, when we're, when we have children in our lives, we are given a, a, a job and a task that is like none other. And I had to get out of bed and I had to face this little boy who had gone through the unthinkable with me and we had to figure out life forward. It's people. Jennifer Hubbard is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing uh, the Newtown shooting, remembering the Newtown shooting. Um, let me, Jenny, let me ask you this. Um, how, I, I mean, it's, to some people, this question might seem obvious, but nobody really, unless you, you're, you're, you're there and you're, you're in the neighborhood or in the community, you don't know how this affects people. You're looking at it from the outside. Okay. How has the community of Newtown been impacted by this tragedy i mean it could i could see how it could go in a lot of different directions has it has it brought people together i mean what what, ha, what has been the impact in your community you know i think that newtown i think that grief is such a unique um experience for each one of us i think that grief in terms of immediate you know, the direct loss it was palatable but the town grieved everybody in this it, it, the unthinkable touched our community and we're a sleepy little new england town and so all of a sudden you have these people who are explaining to their six-year-old that you know half of their soccer team is gone um i was teaching religious ed and uh, Catherine's religious ed class and three of the eight kids were lost in the tragedy it is it is incomprehensible the ripples that one tragic event sends out uh, and the community responded um in kind they they created their own ripples so you know the the thought that a tragedy like the shooting at Sandy Hook would bring a community to, community together is an incredible aspiration, but clearly not the case because some people chose the path that they felt like they were going to find their resolve in this profound loss. And I can't say that any path is right or wrong. I think that how we reconcile, um, whether we lost a loved one or we mourned alongside someone who lost a loved one, 
is is probably what is best for that individual person. I think the town, if you came into the town um, in the summer, you'd say, wow, it's still this quintessential New England town. Um, you can feel it. And it happens right about September. This town becomes very, very heavy. Um, and it's getting heavier. So especially with, you know, the the um, 10 year anniversary coming up, it's palatable. Sure. Joe Russinello. Jenny, I um, was six blocks away when 9-11 happened. Um, I was on the 32nd floor on Water Street. I watched the planes go into the building. My building shook. Um, I had a friend from high school that passed, a very good friend. I went to college with him, too. Um, and this is why I bring it up. A lot of those, like, Newtown is a well-to-do town. And that's not supposed to happen. You see, I think as Americans, and please don't take this the wrong way, but this is how people think, because mm. I work in that environment. Like when 9-11 happened, my friend Paul McVitie worked at Eurobrokers, about a third, uh, he was probably on 80-something, the 80-something floor, about a third of the people he worked with died, yeah. um, wealthy people, wealthy. They took black cars to work. You know, Paul's very well to do. Um, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes like our, our mortality, particularly when we're comfortable, we just simply don't think about it because we have everything under control, but we don't. We no. simply don't. 9-11 taught me that. Every time I still work in the city, every time I go through the Lincoln Tunnel on a bus, I say a Hail Mary to this day, thinking yeah. that the tunnel could get taken out. I have five kids. I got to go home. Well, I would I, I, I really love your comments out there, Jenny, because I think Joe's right. There's a lot of times these things are so shocking because they occur in places like this. Well, that's not supposed to happen in Newtown. That's supposed to happen in Newark or Detroit or Chicago. Not that that's good. No, no, no of course not. No, that was it. No, but I think that a lot of times we as 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 people, especially people of faith, bad things aren't supposed to happen to us like and, you know, I've come to this place of, and I was there like that. I was that person that was, you know, and I, and I grumble. I literally, I grumbled with God. Like I was your good and faithful service servant. And look at what happened to me. Like there's, there goes Catherine like that. When my life at that, at that point um, in my life, in my faith journey, I, I thought I am moving right along. And, and we have this, we have this sense that for whatever reason, whether it's, it's, live or or how we practice or, or our faith or who we know that we're protected from it we're not like <laughs> i oh, now no. have come to this place of if i if i'm getting comfortable in my life i start getting nervous like we, <laughs> <laughs> when i'm there i'm either becoming really complacent um and and that's just to me that's that's not a great place to be because it means that we're complacent in our faith, that we're complacent in our work, that we're complacent in our family. And bad things happen when we're complacent. We sort of take our eye off the ball. Um, Jenny, I firmly believe that that's why God doesn't let me hit the mega millions because he knows it. He knows it's gonna wreck. He knows it's gonna wreck me. So. Get your ticket. It's back in tonight. Yeah, I heard. I heard. I haven't played it since the last time. I've been trying to stay away from it. One and a half billion is a little, uh, right? is a, a little, a little enticing. But I firmly believe I'm going to lose because God doesn't want me to get complacent. Joe Resinello, where do you want to go? Well, you talk about grumbling. I would have been more than grumbling. 
I mean, I grumble when stupid things happen, like my refrigerator breaks, <laughs> you know, so I mean, like, like I, I give you credit for that, too. But Father Benedict Rochelle, um, my family, as well as Joe's family, has been close with the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal for a number of years. He was a very famous priest. I think one day he'll become a saint. Um, he said, if you haven't raised your fist up to God, wait, because you will. Yep. And that's coming from a very holy man. I think it's natural. You know, as a dad, I have five children under eight. Every morning I pray for patience. And I also pray for patience for myself. Yeah. Because we're human. We're human. We're not Superman. You know what I mean? Like, like in life, you know, sometimes you get mad at God. And sometimes as Father Benedict Rochelle, who's holier than most, said, you raise your fist to God. Talk about that, because I, I think as Catholics, we sometimes listen, you could read things, you could pray things. But then there's the application. There's life. Life smacks you around. Um, you know, like my life isn't easy, you know, and I grumble and, and you talk about grumbling. I, I don't even want to know. Maybe that's why God didn't put me in such a situation. Talk about just being like human about things and accepting like your own limitations and letting time and God heal you. Well, for me, it became a matter of really becoming authentic and and true to my heart, wherever that heart space is or was. And for a very long time, my when Catherine died, I realized that while I had a, a what I felt like a, a vibrant faith life, it was very disjunctive. God was over here and I'm over here. And at some point they collide. Um, for me, they collided on December 14th because you lose complete control and you realize it's like the snow, you take the snow globe and you shake up your life. And then at some point, all everything, you know, sort of comes, lands down and you realize what were those false notions that you were holding on to because you're just trying to catch your breath. Um, for me, I was just trying to catch my breath. Um, and I realized that, you know, God is not some displaced person that, you know, you go to, you hand off your laundry list, your these and nows and, and walk away and, and say, okay, I've done, I've checked that box. I'm good and faithful. God is this, God is, is this presence in your life where you are completely authentic. You are completely vulnerable. You're in the place where he calls us to all to to be complete and and honest and that honesty has to be including your disappointments your your frustrations that we want it all i mean i love your i love your analogy of, about being a father like i, I think of an, an afternoon where freddie was so mad like he was so mad and i just was like he 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 was he let it out and he was just you could feel like all of the pressure just coming out of him and bringing him to this place of softness. And I think that when we trust our God and you have to ask yourself the question, like, do I trust him? Do I, do I trust him at his word? He loves us beyond any sort of sense of, of understanding that we, that we have. So do we really trust him with everything that we have, including our, our grumbling our disappointments and not that he's going to fix that. Not that, not that, that when you, when you lay those out, there's, there's a immediate change, but there opens up space in a heart space where he can then move 
and transform and bring us to a peace. And I think that's the point of all of it. Like we all want healing. We all want change. We all want resolution. I think what we really want is peace. And that peace comes at a complete, like, here it is. Here I am. I got nothing else. And for me, losing Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, we, we couldn't even imagine that. Jennifer Hubbard is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, and we're discussing remembering the Newtown shooting. I'll tell you this, Jennifer, I my wife get, my wife provides me with all the devotionals, okay, because because I don't go out of my way to find them. And she gave me the surrender prayer recently, okay? And along the lines of what you're saying, and I think there's a lot of people out there listening to us at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network might, might go through the same thing. I, in my heart, want to surrender to God. In my heart, I do. Mm. And I really am not trying to go out of my way to go against that surrender prayer that I just prayed, okay? And then I walk out the front door. Yeah. And then the, it's like you it's like life it, it it hits you right in the face and then you find yourself forgetting, well, you just said you were surrendering a lot of these things or hopefully all of these things to our Lord. Okay. And then you walk out the front door and life hits you in the face and you're like, well, I'm going to have to do something about that. And I'll have to do something about that. I mean, do you have any comments on that? Because I, I, I find that the desire is there. And I think a lot of people want to say, Lord, please, you take care of it. My wife's notorious for that. She's like, dude, she's like, she'll tell her, dude, why don't you just say, God, you take care of it. They say, I do say that. But I'm finding it very difficult to follow through on it. I love your comments on that. <laughs> I really do think that that it is a constant. It is steadfast. It's unceasing. And I think that for for me, I I, I I'm a big Bible person. Like I, <laughs> that's where I find. That's where I find God. That's where He speaks to me. So you know, I I read it with this lens of. That's just for other people. And now I'm reading it with a, no, that's for you. So this unceasingness, this steadfast, it's a constant practice of, of seeing and acknowledging where I need help. Where my business, because you know, this sounds, this is going to sound odd. I and I feel like the time after Catherine died was was this desert season for me where I was just empty. And I love that season. Like, I don't I don't want to go back to that season because it was painful as anything. But I also love that season because I feel like that's where I was most present to God and his wants for me. And I feel like because I was emotionally, physically mentally depleted that I could see it more clearly. And so now the work becomes this unceasingness and this, this fervent prayer is give me that space without all that pain. Like help me to see, help me to pay attention to what it is that I'm not surrendering to you. I mean, I, I just finished a book that said, you know, where pay attention to what you're paying attention to gives you a really good glimpse as to where God's speaking it speaking to you in your life or where you're not speaking to God. Right. Uh, Jennifer, where could, uh, where could folks buy that book? Well, um, the book that <laughs> my book is finding sanctuary. It's on uh, amazon.com. And um, it is, there's a, I speak a lot to letting go of the checklist 
there, we, we seem to think that we have this checklist of everything's going to be okay after this point. Like if I surrender this, then now my life is going to be just amazingly easy. And it doesn't, it doesn't unfortunately work that way because as, as so often I am reminded, um, we can, if, if you stay in green pastures too long, you're going to deplete the pasture. If you sit beside still waters too long, those waters become stagnant. We have to keep moving through our lives to go to those greater places where, where I believe we're being called to by our purpose, by where God's by where God is calling us eventually that's eternity. But until then there's this process of walking through and it can't always be this amazingly peaceful time. There's going to be, there's going to be moments where our attention gets shifted and we can, when we can recognize that when we can stop and say, what is, what am I really fixated on today? You know, for me, for a long time, it was, Oh, now what now, you know, and, and trying to take control of those pieces of my life because I was, constantly talking about them and thinking about them where I should have been saying and thinking, okay, God, like this is, this is what I'm anxious about. So here you go. Oh, and here I am. I'm anxious about it again. Here, here you go. And, you know, it, it sounds sort of like, you know, crazy talk, but I, I do believe that, that that's where God wants us in, in just acknowledging that, that he is there and here you go. And if that's 70 times, 777 times, then so be it. Like mm. he loves us unconditionally. He doesn't think we're crazy. Yeah. Well, he thinks I'm crazy. No. <laughs> um, and 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 uh, along the lines, you mentioned you know scripture going to scripture. You know, Paul says he you know clearly you got to run the race till the end. Joe and yep. I brought that up on the show the other day. I forgot who we were talking to. The the the, the race the race doesn't end until you're in heaven. Okay. That's it. And yeah. You can't say, well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm ten, I'm, I'm ten lengths ahead of my competition. Okay, and we shouldn't think that way anyway. Um, <laughs> ten lengths ahead of my competition, and there's the finish line. I could let up on the gas. No, 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 no. no if anybody who's ever watched a race, a horse race, a uh, 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 long race in the Olympics, okay, no, the leader gets taken taken over all the time. You have to run the race to the end. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm gonna hand it over to Joe before before the uh, before the break comes. Jennifer, I read a lot about saints, um, and many saints have had a tragedy in their life. Mother Teresa lost her father. He was murdered at the age of nine. Charles de Foucault lost his parents. I'm reading that book right now. Um, in the movie, recent movie about St. Paul, Jim Caviezel plays Luke, the thorn in Paul's side was the people he hurt when he was persecuting, and that drove him. You see... Sometimes tragic wounds could either collapse somebody or drive them to holiness. I really believe that. And it's how you channel it, really. And we never know how we're going to turn. You know, you could say, like, you know, sit back in our comfortable chair and say, well, I would be the St. Paul figure. You don't know. I actually knew a girl who was very involved in the Catholic Church. I went to school with her. We went to a Catholic college. Her brother died. He got electrocuted in his 40s, had two young kids. She left the church. Yeah. And she was very involved, you know, doing tons of stuff. She left, walked away. So you never know what side. Talk about that, because I personally think 
God uses things like this, can use them to drive you to a place and in a way that you never thought you would go. And after your comment, I want to tell you a story. I want to hear your comments, but I'm going to tell you somebody I met like that, that mm -hmm. shocked me. Oh, it's a choice. There, There's no, you either lean in or you lean out. There's no, there, there is no middle ground. And I, for me, it, my, my feeling is it goes right back to, do you trust? Do you trust God? Do you take him at his word? Um, because God will bring beauty. He will bring beauty from the ashes. Do you believe it or not? You know, it's funny because, uh, I told you when I heard about this tragedy, I was in India. I used to go there um, before I got married to work with the missionaries of charity. And one time I was going there, um, I'm on a, a shuttle flight from Delhi to Calcutta. And sitting right behind me is a heavy set, probably late 60-year-old African-American woman. Now, to say that her and I were fitting in on that flight is an understatement. So obviously I spoke with her because it's mostly Indians. I mean, we're on a shuttle flight. So I asked her, I was like, what are you doing here? And she was from Texas. And she said to me, my son died when he was young. And I, and she wasn't like an affluent person. She wasn't necessarily even like seemed that educated, to be honest with you. But she said, I started a school in India. And I, I mean, I was like, so I couldn't believe it, but like, this is what I'm talking about. Like God chose her to do something great because he knew her heart. You mm. see, that's seeing things. I mean, what do you, I like, I, like I said, I'll never forget her. Like, like, you know, not ever. I mean, this is the message I just want to tell people that you could take a tragedy. You don't even have to be a fancy person and you could channel that into something that could drive you like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. I'm sure this drove you. I mean, here you are today. You're talking to two crazy people like us. <laughs> well, you know, and I think, I think about my the path that I've taken since Catherine died and you're absolutely right. I I never in my in my wildest imagination would have thought that I would see and do and experience what I've experienced over the past 10 years. I never I've never thought that I would feel and not all the time. I mean, trust me, yeah, you know, there are, I've gone over the past 10 years, I've gone through seasons that I have really questioned and grumbled and griped and thought it shouldn't be this way. But for the most part, I have found myself and I have found a peace that I did not, I did not think possible. And I, and I think that it comes from, and, you know, I, my, my hope is that, that it doesn't have to come from a major tragedy. Um, but I think for me, it came from a place of a major tragedy because everything I thought to be true, I I would see my daughter live a long life that, you know, I would be in this really, you know, I, I was safe. It was, it was, a, I was in a safe place. Um, was not the truth. And I think when you realize that and whatever it might be, whatever the it 
in your life may be. It could be a diagnosis, it could be a divorce, it could be a loss of a parent or a or or for my for me a child. There's an it that totally makes you question what you are really rooted in. Um and and I think when you start having that those those thoughts and that conversation with yourself and for me in prayer of what exactly do I stand for? What exactly do I believe in? Then you can start having that heart transformation. Uh, Jenny, let's take a quick break. All right. You're listening to us at the front line with Joe and Joe. Jennifer Hubbard is joining us. We're discussing remembering the Newtown shooting. Uh, We're on the Veritas Catholic radio network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial. Um, Yeah, this is, um, this is a a great conversation. I, I, I am learning a lot. I've had a lot of hard times in my life, but mostly self-imposed. I I really can't imagine you. I'm I'm learning so much from you, Jenny. I, I have to, I have to be honest with you. And I hope our, our audience is too about how to deal with, with a, with a, just a a tragedy that most of us, 99% of us are never going to have to really deal with. So we're going to continue this conversation. I know when we come back, Joe wanted to talk to you a bit about the Magnificat, so perhaps we'll start off with that. So stick around. We'll be right back with Jennifer Hubbard. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. We're way, way in the breach with Jennifer Hubbard, and we are discussing remembering the Newtown shooting. Um, and Joe Racinello, I am going to hand it over to you. As Joe said, um, I used to read your essays. I read the Magnificat for years. I read it in the morning, and I always liked them. I'm going to be honest with you. And when Steve, again, passed your email, I said, oh, my gosh. Um, I've been reading these and I, I enjoy them. And there's a lot of good stuff in the Magnificat. You're in really good company. I mean, uh, there's a lot of Anthony Esselin, uh, Father Donald Haggerty, um, many people in there. Um, but why I like yours, I'll be honest, is you bear your soul. Uh, like, honestly, you do. And that's hard to do. People are afraid to bear their soul. I'll be honest with you. We've had some success on this. We bear our souls, Joe and I. People can laugh at us. You know, what are you two talking about? Right. Well, we do. And people can appreciate that. Like, like because we all have a soul, but we're afraid. People mm-hmm. in general are afraid. They put on masks. They live their life, like, and they That's put it. on masks. But you bear your soul in that book, and this is way before, you know, we were doing this interview. And that's why I liked your essay uh, and essays. Talk about your writing style, because I think that is an important quality in art. Well, 99.9% of those essays are written for myself. I am I I will sit often and am left exhausted when I'm done um, because I am wrestling with something Um and, you know, I don't think that it is, a, I don't believe in coincidences. And so I, I know that when I work on one of these things, it's always, it's always in a season and a space where I'm, I'm left either grateful or, or, or I'm looking for answers or I'm looking for guidance. Um, and I think that what comes through 
is that I forget that I'm writing for a magnificat audience. Like I hit the button and I send it to to David, who's the who's the editor over there. And then I forget that at some point in time, this is going to end up on a piece of paper where someone reads it. And then I get a letter and I go, oh my God, <laughs> I, can't believe I, I can't believe that someone actually read it. But I think that at the heart of it is exactly to what you were just saying, that that I would love to see a place that not that we walk around with our bear or with our souls bared, um, but that we are able to become a become a place or, or surrounded by people. And, and I found that through the sanctuary, the people that I work with at the sanctuary and, and the people I encounter that our hearts are good and our souls are good. And I, it makes me so sad to think that we, that we put up these masks. I think that if we can have moments of authenticity, if we can have moments of authenticity and moments of vulnerability with those around us, then we become a little bit kinder and gentler to the people beyond those people. When we know that we're loved and that we're seen and that we are heard um, and that we're safe, I think we become, I think we become softer um, and far more powerful in the world. I think that we become the people that people look at and say, wow, who, who are they? Um, what do they have? And that opens the door for, for me, what I have is I have a God who loves me and who will provide for me regardless of my worth or not. Because believe you me, I'm not worthy at all. Jennifer Hubbard, let me let me ask you a question. Joe and I on our social media show and many times on the Veritas, uh, we might we might get into politics or, you know, comment, political commentary, cultural commentary. I, I did. I, I, I did have a question about this because with many of these school shootings and we are not going to have a I promise you, it's this fine. is not yeah. a political conversation. No, Absolutely. But I, I do. I am interested in your response to this. We find I think it's as plain as the nose on your face face. That w- with these tragedies, especially in the in the schools with the school shootings, okay, yep. they become a media circus. Yep. And I think that 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 there are many. I hate to sound so cynical, but I think it's true. I think there's many in the political class that try to gain something mm-hmm. politically yep. from these things. And I don't want your necessarily commenting on that. If you want to find what I want more is your reaction to that. Given like if I'm standing there and I just lost my child, okay, and I see a politician playing political games, I won't say it because this is family radio what my reaction would be. I'm a good trying to be a good Catholic man. And Joe will get mad at me if I say (laughs) what really is on my mind. I won't do that. But the anger level is going to go through the roof. okay? when I see it both from the media and when I see it from the politicians, what was your reaction? How did you remain well, what was your reaction? Well, so my reaction is really twofold. One is I believe that that as as I shared at the beginning, that people's response to tragedies like this do include advocacy work, legislative work, some litigious work. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. I think that I think that in a lot of cases they're necessary. Where I stand on all of it is is heartbroken because those things are coming at the expense of what I believe needs to be the heart of change. And that's in compassion. I, I see the 
school shootings happening over and over again because we can't find a place of commonality. We can't find a place of compassion um, to have conversations that are for the better of humanity. I, I look around and it's, for me, it's heartbreaking to think that in a so in an overly connected world, we can have access to to anything. I, during COVID, I, I asked my son, "Where do you want to go to mass for Easter? We can go to the Vatican if you want." You know, and and but yet in this in this uber connected world, we are so divided and we are so divisive in making sure that our position stands. And so here comes a school shooting, and rather than being heartbroken over the fact that. We're saying in some way, like this happened again, so it's okay that babies are 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 in their classrooms and and can't feel safe in 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 the most innocent and and an innate place, I think, in our country in a in a first grade classroom where we're teaching kids how to be friends and and accepting. yet, somewhere between the heartbreak and devastation of that tragedy happening and literally in some cases not even 24 hours we've become finger pointing and debating what is what is the right approach rather than saying who are we as humans that we are allowing this to continue to happen i think if we can infuse humanness back into humanity if we can start finding some place of compassion then all of those all of those conversa conversations change. I think Jenny, we become robots. We, we just parrot totally the robots. We 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 we, we parrot the party line. Absolutely. Everybody, everybody's afraid. Joe and I are conservative. We make no bones about it. Yep. We, we're conservative. That's what we are. That's our worldview. Okay. Bottom line, I, I don't take my cues on my thoughts that enter into my into my mind from from the Republican National Committee. Correct. And say something that's going to just feed into uh, uh, what, what people think I ought to say when I'm with you. How about we start with the place of compassion? And then, as Isaiah said, let's sit down and reason together. Okay? I agree. Totally. Right? But the problem is when both sides are trying to make political hay out of an absolute tragedy that, like I said before, people can't even begin to imagine. OK, so they could spare me their insights. They can't even begin to imagine what you've gone through and many of the people there in Newtown and other places. OK, then do me a favor. If you're just going to politicize the situation, then do me kick rocks. Shut up. I don't want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And again, I don't want to get in trouble, well, but I'm going to you know, go ahead, Jenny. You know, I think that we become numb. My concern is that we are becoming numb to the the reality of a a classroom of six year olds are are killed we're numb to that because if we weren't numb to if we weren't becoming numb to that we would say this is not who we are we're human beings we we have we need to have we need to find a way to infuse compassion to teach compassion i hate that we even have to do this but you know we have to be able to create a place of of where compassion is is learned. I, it's the work we're doing at the sanctuary in a roundabout way, but I think that at a broader national level, we've stepped away from it. We are so hell bent on our on getting our own way that we will do whatever it takes to get there, including minimizing the a school shooting 
I I was told um, after the Uvalde shooting that, you know what, we needed, this was going to be a fast moving news cycle. How does that happen? Right, right. When did school shootings become a news cycle? When you lack, to your point, when you lack compassion, then that's what happens. Yeah. When you can't, when you can't take a step back, whether you're a politician or whether you're a reporter trying to make your career, okay, why don't you take a step back and understand what people are going through, okay? Um, totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. So, so Jennifer Hubbard's here with us at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Burson, although we are way in the breach. I promised you, Jenny, I wasn't going to get you into a political conversation. I'm glad I did not. Um, you're on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're discussing remembering the Newtown shooting. Um, and with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Rasinello. The point of life is to go to heaven. God made all of us to love him and to serve him and to be with him in heaven. Again, easy to say, but the world doesn't look at it that way. And particularly in this part of the country, particularly we're all fairly well-to-do people, we lose focus on that. Um, And I want to bring up something you said, and then I want to bring up the witness of Pope John Paul II. You said this, Catherine was never my child, and our home here on earth is not my home. That is so true. Um, That is true. And the question I throw to everyone listening is, are you building your castle here, or are you looking to heaven? That's number one. But number two, I want to take it to the Pope. Pope John Paul II, arguably— was the most gifted person of the 20th century, in my view. Gorbachev said he was the reason why Russia fell, the Soviet Union. He was athletic, he was brilliant, he was holy. Yet he fell apart at the end of his life. He couldn't articulate. His body broke down. And why I bring that up is this. God just pried open his fingers. And I think that's what happens to all of us in life. No matter if you're the most gifted person or you're working in a store as a clerk, God opens our hand and basically says, I'm all that matters and your place is with me. And we need reminders of that. But if we keep that in our head, we can tolerate this world. Talk about that, because I think as life goes on, you see this with things shed away. I watched this with my dad when he died. He was bedridden with Parkinson's disease for two years. It all sheds away, and you're left staring at yourself and God, because that's where we're supposed to be. That's where it's supposed to end. What are your thoughts on that? Because I don't think we, as in in, the, in America, see it that way. No, but we should. We absolutely should. And there's a there's a little saying that I that I've been taken to lately. You you steer where you stare, um, and it becomes a question of where are you staring? <laughs> are you, and I do think I think that we lose sight of of what exactly is going on, and we and I don't think we do it in a in a in a bad way, in a malicious way. I think that as human beings, we're building these, these castles of comfort around us, whether it's our belongings or our, our being or our career. Um, we just be, we, we get fearful of, of the unknown and we lose sight of why we're really here. I had a very, a a very wise man tell me one time, um, 
in the midst of a really dark season, listen, it is not forever. If you can remember that it's not forever, you're going to be okay. And it's not forever. I, I, I love now that so much of, of my morning is just spent in quiet. Like if I don't, if I don't have that, I am rattled for the day. And in that quiet becomes this reflection and retrospection of my life and, and whole, and also in, you know, right now. But I think that when we take that, that, that time to really think about what our journey has been and, and where we are steering, um, what we're staring at, then it becomes really, really apparent of, of what our hopes are. You know, I, I, know that, you know, you mentioned, you know, that my children aren't mine. All good gifts are from God and my children are good, good gifts. I love the fact that after Catherine died, um, we had a, we had a yellow lab and we had to put her to sleep shortly thereafter. And I said to Freddie, um, Sammy's got to go and she's not going to, she's not going to be home. She's not coming back home. Um, now would be a good time to say goodbye. And he leaned over the couch um, and he looked Sammy and, and, you know, down her nose. And he said to her, tell her, I said, hi. And I, in the, in the moment, my heart was crushed because I th- my thought was, how can this kid endure another goodbye? Like, this is the family pet. Like this should be the most grief he has to deal with in his eight years so far. And over time, I've often thought about that, that moment that could have easily been missed. And in that moment, he was a grace to me saying he knows where Catherine is. And so my job is to make sure that he knows how to get there as best as best as I can teach him. Because at the end of the day, he's not mine. He's not mine. He's God's. And you know, my- Joe said he's Joe said he's a crybaby. I'm 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 crying over here. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I guess the two Joes from New Jersey were both we're both big juke crybabies. Um, I want to I want to keep going along those lines. Um, Jennifer Hubbard joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. You mentioned that that all good gifts from come from God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit gave us the most beautiful gift, which is a mother. Okay, and uh, and we could go to her in these tragedies and as a good mother you know she she helps us beyond belief okay and talk about talk about you know steering where you stare the mother is just staring at jesus and looking at you saying you need to be staring at him too what role did our lady play in um in your journey after this tragedy at the newtown shooting a great reminder and a great example in the in those moments where i have wondered like what is this like what is this all about and you know am i just playing the fool right now um you know there i i am brought back to she stood she stood at his cross she didn't she stood and that that's all that's being asked of of me just just stand up don't curl up in a ball don't don't hide yourself just stand where where you can be seen and let let god do the work that that needs to be done through me um 
you know, there was, I was down at EW, I was down at EWTN and I was just, it was, it, I was the season of darkness that I was talking about. It was horrible. Um, and I was sad and I was lonely and I was just, you know, I spent a lot of time in the chapel, like, you know, where, where are you, <laughs> where are you God? And I was led to this beautiful little garden, um, and I, you know, I just wrote about it in Magnificat. It was this beautiful little garden. And wouldn't you know, the Pieta was there. It was the Stations of the Cross that ended at the Pieta. And I sat there and I, and, you know, here, here is Mary holding Jesus and he is, you know, don't be deceived. He's beaten up. He's, he's been scourged. And that's not just a, an adjective. It was, it, it was an action that was horrific, um, and she's holding him with a peace that speaks to me in terms of this, if there's anything that's more horrific than what I had to deal with, it's that. And yet there's this piece of just be still, just stand. Don't wave your arms. Don't scream to the mouth, just stand. And just sit and hold, you know, you can hold on to what your, what your loss is, but know that that's going to be transformed. I'm so glad you put it that way. Cause I think that, I think that, you know, every, everybody, everybody who looks at a situation like you you've gone through Jenny Hubbard joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe would say, well, I would have done this or I would have lashed out and done this. And our lady as always is the example. And, and and even though I've heard that a million times, I never, it never hit me the way you just said it, that she stood there. Mm. And, and and maybe I never realized, yeah, she could have been lashing out, smacking the Roman soldiers in the face or trying to do something, screaming about injustice and blah, blah, blah. She stood there and let God do what God does. I love the way you put it. We only have a little bit of time left. I know Joe wants to get to a couple more questions. Jennifer Hubbard's joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, and we're discussing remembering the Newtown shooting. Joe Resinello. Obviously, as Catholics, you know, we look at our worldview through that lens. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, how we view everything, actually. Um, life and death. But our society is becoming godless. And as it becomes godless, Things happen to everybody and coping mechanisms basically that, you know, that are written in self-help books. Don't cut it. I mean, I can tell you what I've seen during COVID, how people are collapsing under and, I'm, and it's real to them. I've seen this, you know, in my own office at work to this day, people are wearing two masks like they're they're almost like it's like. They're crazy, uh, like like, but it's real. They yeah. don't have coping mechanisms. How does the world that's becoming godless deal with tragedy? Because whether they realize it or not, their castle is here. You see, ours isn't. Our castle is not here. And if you look at the world through that lens, you could deal with anything. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think we're seeing what happened. I think we're seeing what's happening. I think that we that that in a in a faithless world, you retreat to <laughs> the the inside of your castle. And for for I think for a lot of people, it's surrounding themselves with the commonality that that brings them comfort. I I, I think we're watching it happen. I I. And I've really been pondering, you'll probably see it written somewhere someday. I've really been pondering this whole, the, the whole idea that you know, we don't even have local, we, we don't have cable. And it, for most people, if you say to people, I got rid of my cable, you know, it's this, it's this innate conversation. I got rid of my cable. I got rid of my cable. I stream what I want. I, I download the, the, the streaming networks and I watch what I want to watch. There's no, the, the, sure there's binge worthy shows, but there. You watch what you what finds you interest, and then you you curate your Facebook cha- your Facebook feeds and your Netflix and your your Instagram feeds. All of that information is curated towards what you like, and 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 what brings you this this comfort. There is there is no testing of ideas, and I and I think what happens is in in the faithless world, there is no room for conversation. There is no room for differing opinions. I th- what we're seeing now is, I think, what you're talking about, because I believe in a world where there is a faith, and and I believe in God. I I am a practicing Catholic. I don't negate someone else's God. God is love. And so I believe in a world where it's rooted in love is where we have those compassion that we were talking about earlier, those compassionate conversations that leave room for discussion instead of divisiveness. And and when we can bring the pendulum back to that place is where I believe we begin to have faith in the world because it's not it's not so much oh yeah uh, you're a catholic and you don't you don't agree with anyone else or you know you're you're a evangelist or you're a bible beater and i'm just i'm going to stay away from i'm not even going to talk to you because you're going to try to you know put your your thoughts down my you know, ram your thoughts down my throat i'm going to bypass the 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 jehovah's witness in front of you know the shopping mall because i don't i, I don't want to talk to them um and I think that those are all just indicators of of a faithless society. When 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 we have God, when we have a faith that we know that there's something more than us, we can get outside of ourselves and know that we're we're doing for a greater uh, a greater love, God. Then we can have different approaches to situations that make us uncomfortable. I think it's a function. I, I want to get one one more comment from you, Jennifer Hubbard. I think it's a function. The way I would put it in response to what Joe asked and, and what you just said is we lack hope, but yep. that's, that's occurred over a very long period of time. See in the, in the West, we used to believe that we're made in the image and likeness of God. We're very special in the universe. That was the worldview. That is the worldview of the Catholic church. Okay. Mm-hmm. That no, you, you're, 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 there's nothing uh, arbitrary about you. You are deliberately made. And because of that underlying Western civilization was hope. Yeah. You know, how many, uh, what you went through was a tragedy. What about parents who sent their children off to war who never came back? Okay. Again, tragic things like that. We have hope. We have hope in, in the eternal, of course. Okay. Mm -hmm. We, we have, we, we trust in God and we have hope. talk about, uh, we have about a minute and a half left. 
Talk about the lack of hope out there. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why why people can't process the, 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 the tragedy that you've gone through and come to the place that you have now come to after having endured that tragedy. Well, I think that there's a lack of hope because I think people are failing to find, actively find, the goodness that's out there. I can tell you that from a place of certainty, there is so much better in this world than there is darkness. There is so much better. I have seen the best in the world. I have seen God's goodness showered upon me and showered upon the the places that I've been and the the things that I've seen and and it's because my lens has changed. Sunset and it it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart of how many sunrises I missed before Catherine died. But they were still there. <laughs> they were absolutely still there. But now for whatever reason a sunset, a sunrise, a, a cool breeze, a beautiful day. I catch my breath because that's goodness that we're all afforded. I think we become so centered on ourselves that we, not all of us, but for the most part, we're not seeing it. We're not acknowledging it. And I believe that when we can see the goodness in people, in our our earth in in creation that God has given us and the lives and the gifts, all good gifts, we can acknowledge that those are from God, then I think that hope is hope is restored. Let's hope. Oh. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> Getty Hubbard, where could where could our audience learn more about you? Buy your books. Uh go ahead. Plug yourself, yeah. knock yourself yeah. out. So you can buy my book, Finding Sanctuary, at uh, on Amazon.com. It's there. Um, you can learn more about the work that we're doing uh, at the sanctuary that we're building in Catherine's memory. It's the cvhfoundation.org. Um, Magnificat. I don't know what else to say. Uh, well, listen, you said plenty, and we learned a lot today. Jennifer Hubbard, thank you so much. You're a friend of the show. You're stuck with us now. That means you have to come back whenever we ask you. You may regret that. <laughs> no, it's okay. We're here to serve you. Oh, my all gosh. Right. Thank you. Jenny, thanks so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And thank yeah. you all out there for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app, Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app. And when you see Joe and my two ugly mugs on Facebook, um, YouTube, and wherever you see us on social media, just like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff and help us out. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>